Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. Hey then everyone, my name's Steve and I'm here with episode 10 of our series, Live Invisible. Uh, today's message is entitled, Live Invisible Towards People Where They're At. Um, now, full disclosure, before we get started, I am pro-Trump, I'm anti-Brexit, um, I'm pro-Megan, um, I'm anti-vaccine, I'm a huge Man United fan, and I hate chocolate. Now, if you're cool with all that kind of stuff, then we'll dive right in um, and we'll get on with the rest of today's message. Now, I share that disclaimer to be deliberately provocative. I don't hold all those views, I'm not going to take which ones I do and which ones I don't, um, but they're not all true. Um, nor do I sit in a position like this wall that is neutral. None of us do. None of us have this kind of neutral view where we go, okay, I can kind of understand from both perspectives. We all hold strong views on some things. Maybe not all things, but we all hold strong views on some things. And maybe the opinions of people, maybe the lifestyle choices, maybe some of the actions they've done, um, some of which may be wrong. Um, But we all have these kind of perspectives and these kind of viewpoints that cause us to be sometimes in a camp in a camp of thinking and a camp of expectation a camp of belief and the challenge is that when we meet someone who is from a different camp a different way of thinking a different perspective that we find it very difficult sometimes if you're anything like me at least to connect with that person that often what I want to do when I meet those people in that space is I want to retreat away from that space to come away from that person who is different to me that holds those pro or anti views that I don't hold or I may want to try and persuade them to come to my camp whether through argument or through emotional kind of manipulation or pressure sometimes other means to pull them from their camp into my camp and I suppose the challenge I want to explore today is can we stay connected to that person can we stay with that person where they're at in spite of the differences in spite of the things they believe and they see that are different to mine, the things they've done which I might think are wrong, can I stay connected to the person in spite of those things? Can I live visible? Can I love them well where they're at? In the space they're at, in the situation that, with the views they hold, can I love them well there? And that's what we're going to have a look at today. I think one of the things that perhaps can help us understand this and, and, and all of us to kind of engage with this is to think of it almost like having camps we've got the camp that we're in the kind of viewpoints and the ideas and the behaviors and the things that we think that's acceptable that's okay that's good that's life-giving healthy things and then we've got the camp over here which is the other person the person who perhaps thinks things that we don't think and believes things that we don't believe and does things that we wouldn't do or actually we think are wrong and some of them may be wrong in the same way that some of the things here might be wrong too but i think you've got this space in between haven't you where people are in these little mini camps in between and actually the closer to my camp someone is the probably the easier it is for me to connect with them i might not see eye to eye i might not um kind of believe everything they believe or do everything they would do Um, but I can connect with them because I can find their sense of commonality somewhere in that. But as I get further away from my camp, it becomes more difficult. 
and I suddenly end up encountering people who have done things that I would never do, that I think are wrong, or hold views that I would never hold, and, and behave in ways that I would never behave. And actually that becomes very difficult. And we kind of, I suppose, see this in, in the life of Jesus, that Jesus actually engaged with everybody along that spectrum. That there was the people who perhaps are just in the wrong place at the wrong time, beaten up by the system, beaten up by life, that again, we might not, have made the decisions they made or been involved in what they were involved in, but, but we feel we feel sympathy for them. So we have the, the woman caught in adultery. We feel sympathy that she was just caught up in the system of what she was doing, perhaps. And therefore we can connect there and recognise her value is is beyond just the mistakes and the decisions she's made. Or maybe it's it's um, Jairus' daughter. Again, we understand like that she needs help and therefore we'll meet her where she's at. Nothing, nothing wrong. And we keep moving along this, this thing and then maybe we get to those who are excluded and just not part of our group, but actually we recognise perhaps that's not their fault and they've just been excluded by, by life or by, by things that have happened or by, again, by systems or by culture or whatever it may be. And maybe the, the Canaanite woman who Jesus goes out of his way to connect with, that Jesus breaks down the idea that, that she's excluded from the com, kind of the goodness of God um, by mocking the kind of idea that, that she would be a dog or not welcome into that space. Or maybe the woman caught, um, sorry, the woman, the woman at the well, who has been in multiple relationships, has, has kind of got multiple husbands and is a woman in Samaria that Jesus should not be engaging with. And yet he connects with her in that space. And we might be OK with some of that. Thinking, yeah, OK, that's fine. We can we can deal with that. But then Jesus pushes our, our kind of boundaries, perhaps even more. And we move along to a centurion soldier who, no matter how we sugarcoat it, was a soldier in the Roman Empire. Did things as part of that Roman Empire that were not okay. Would have mistreated people, would have um, been involved in floggings and been involved in the perpetuation of that Roman military might into that space and place. And yet Jesus connects with him and actually praises his faith. And as Matt talked about in a few videos ago, he talked about that's like a, a priest praising a Nazi soldier and saying, look how good this man's faith is. Maybe that's where we start to kind of find it difficult to connect. Or maybe someone like Zacchaeus, who is a rich chief tax collector. He's in charge of tax collectors. And yet Jesus connects with this man in amongst a crowd of poor people, who Zacchaeus has probably taken advantage of. Jesus chooses to connect with him when everybody else is around him. Almost undermining his reputation as one who is there for the poor to fight against the injustice of the rich. Jesus chooses to connect with a man up a tree and say, I'm going to come to your house for dinner. And there's lots of others. Those are people that we would see as normal, the people that we would see as a kind of normal, everyday person Jesus to connect with. Maybe Judas, one of his disciples, who he was with for three years and yet betrayed him, and yet Jesus still connected with him, knowing what he was going to go and do. But there's these relationships and these dynamics that, as I said before, we're sometimes tempted to retreat from when we learn what the person's done. Or when we learn what the person thinks, we want to retreat or pull them with us away from that way of thinking. And yet when we look at the life of Jesus, we see that Jesus loved people. And that loving of people was the most primary and important thing for him in his connection with people. Now, am I saying that we just endorse every single viewpoint that people along that spectrum hold? Of course not. As I already said, there are things that are wrong. There is behaviours that are wrong. There are viewpoints that are not life-giving and not healthy. There are attitudes and perspectives that aren't okay. But 
the difference is that when we connect with people, what we're really doing is we're putting value into them and the relationship we have with them. That doesn't mean we're endorsing what they believe because there is a difference between valuing the person and endorsing the viewpoint. And somewhere along the, the road, somewhere along that spectrum, myself and I'm sure many of us have distorted that. And I've come to a point of going, actually, if I value and connect with the person that's right down here, that means I'm endorsing what they believe. That means I'm endorsing their actions. That, that means I'm celebrating that perspective. And yet, where did we learn that? And in actual fact, we see that Jesus' connection with these people is what brings them freedom, or at least the beginning of their journey to freedom. So when we look at Zacchaeus, for example, we don't know what Jesus said to him, but we do know that Jesus connected with him enough to go to his house to have dinner. And Zacchaeus came out a changed man. We see that Jesus' connection with the woman caught in adultery. When others wanted to stone her and keep their distance from her because she was not okay, Jesus' connection with her in the dirt enabled and empowered her to live a different life after that. That we see the woman who was unclean, that others did not literally want to connect with because she was unclean. She should have stayed away. We see that Jesus' connection or her connection with Jesus brought freedom to her and her inclusion back into society. So we have this situation where Jesus' connection with these people, his valuing of them, was actually what started a journey to freedom for them, started a change in their life. And therefore, perhaps we arrive at a point, don't we, where we go, yeah, I can connect. I can connect with these people because it will enable them to change. Enable them to change, to think things the way I think. Actually, my connection with that camp will bring that camp over to my camp. And and maybe on some things that will happen. Because like we said, there are some things that are not life-giving in that camp. Just like there are some things that probably aren't life-giving in my camp either. But what do we do when there's no change? Do we break disconnection then? Do we, can we kind of sever the relationships? Actually, this isn't working. You're not changing. And therefore, I'm going to just come back to my camp. And I think we all kind of know that that's probably not the way that Jesus looked. And not the way that Jesus lived. That we probably see his unconditional love for people. His unconditional valuing of people. Um, maintain his connection. Maintain his connection with one of his disciples in Judas. Who would betray him. Maintain his connection with Peter. Despite the fact that Peter denied him three times. That when there wasn't that immediate change. When there wasn't a change. Jesus remained connected. That he remains connected to us. In spite of our mistakes and misdeeds. Does he endorse everything we do? Did he endorse what what Judas and what Peter did? Not at all. Did he endorse the rich and ruler's decision to say, no, I'm not going to follow you, Jesus, I'm going to stay with my wealth instead. Of course he didn't. We see that tangibly in his discussion with the disciples afterwards. But he's still connected. And he was still there for a connection, should the rich and ruler come back again. And that's the challenge, isn't it? The challenge to love and value people unconditionally. That doesn't mean we're endorsing the behaviours and the attitudes and the things that need to be addressed and I think to live that kind of lifestyle to live this way where we can connect with people in a relational way without endorsing to be willing to sit with and listen and engage with requires an unbelievable amount of love 
but also an unbelievable amount of humility. And I think humility probably is the key word, isn't it? It's the humility to say to God, God, I need your help. I need, I need your strength. I need your love to be able to love and connect with people that I think are just unlovely, that I just find impossible to do that with. But I also need that humility to be able to listen to people that up until now I felt are wrong or they've done wrong or they hold views that are just abhorrent to me and I can't possibly understand how they could view things that way. To have humility to go, okay, I'm willing to open up a conversation with you. Maybe in some cases willing to be changed by what you say to me about the situation, about the viewpoint you hold. The humility is that that thing that kind of just puts us in that place of safety and dependence and reliance on God, but also on each other. And it just strikes me of that idea from Matthew 11, where Jesus says, if you're burdened and heavy laden, if you look at the, the kind of enormous job I've given you to do, to live visible, to kind of love well, including those who are in a camp that's far away from you. If you kind of look at that and think, man, that's just too overwhelming. It's too difficult to do. Or you just scroll through your social media feed or you look at the news or you just you kind of engage with situations. You just think, God, there's too much division. There's too much turmoil. There's too much separation. There's too much death. There's too much anxiety and fear everywhere. How on earth do we do what you're calling us to do? That that verse in Matthew 11, that invitation from Jesus in Matthew 11, which says, come to me if you find yourself in that place. Come to me if you find yourself overwhelmed and burdened and heavy and I will bring rest for your souls because you'll be able to learn from me you'll be able to learn how what it is to be gentle to learn what it is to walk humbly and in doing so in that space of walking humbly we're reminded aren't we of that wonderful verse in Micah where it says that though that God is asking us to do justice and to love mercy and to walk humbly before our God that that's what he's looking for us to do. And yet in that verse in Micah, we have this very strange dichotomy of doing justice, of bringing justice to those who experience injustice, of challenging the oppression, of challenging the systems that have brought that division and chaos and, and ruin and all that kind of stuff that may be existing in the camp that's over here somewhere. But at the same time, we're called to love mercy. That in our administration of justice, in our challenge of things we see, in our rant on Facebook, God's also calling us to love mercy and to behave in a merciful way, just like we saw Jesus do when he connected with people that perhaps we would not connect with. Connect with people that had done wrong, died on a cross for those same people. And it has echoes, doesn't it, of that part in Psalm 85 verse 10, where it talks about righteousness or justice and peace coming together. It talks about mercy and truth meeting and that we often want to separate those elements out that we want to bring justice where it needs to be brought and we want to bring mercy to those who have been mistreated we want to bring peace to these environments we want to expose the lies that have gone on in those places with the truth and yet in Jesus he embodied all of those things and as he walked and interacted with people he brought justice and mercy he brought peace and truth in the same moments in the same person in the same attitude in the same way of being and he's calling us to do the same thing to do justice to love mercy and to walk humbly before him 
to be a place where mercy and justice, where truth and peace meet. That possibly, just maybe, as we do that, when we meet people where they are, whether they're in our camp or in a camp that's way away from us or somewhere in between, that possibly, as we trust God, as we lean on him, as we walk humbly, just possibly we could stop seeing camps and start seeing people. Because just maybe the place of connection is the place where restoration, the place where forgiveness, the place where justice and mercy all come together and start to restore our earth to look a lot more like heaven.